Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is the Code of Conduct with the King podcast. I am your host, Jay Spence the King, and I am back for the sixth time on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. It is a good week. It's Victory Tuesday. It is Victory Tuesday. No, the Buffalo Bills did not play Sunday, so no, it's technically not Victory Tuesday because we didn't beat anyone. However, it's Victory Tuesday because the Bills didn't play, but we were still able to add a little bit of cushion in the AFC East race because the Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots and the New Jersey Jets lost. Uh, The Jets didn't matter as much. They actually are the very first team this season to be eliminated from playoff contention. That is good. (laughs) That is good. Go Jets. Or J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. The first losers. Congratulations. But the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins lost yesterday. They benched their starting quarterback, their franchise quarterback, in favor of all of our favorite journeyman quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then Fitz comes in and does Fitz things, throws a turnover, ends the game. I am honestly thoroughly confused as to why they would ever bench their quarterback at this point. You do not bench your franchise quarterback his rookie year because he's not having a good performance. I understand the argument game was close. We thought we could win the game. If you think that Ryan Fitzpatrick gives you the better chance to win the game, then you start Ryan Fitzpatrick. There's no need to go back and forth, back and forth between your starting quarterback and your backup quarterback. If you believe as a coaching staff that Ryan Fitzpatrick gives you the best chance to win, then you start him. But that's not my business. My franchise quarterback is not getting benched, so I'm not worried about that. But we are we're gonna we're gonna touch on Miami a little bit. Um, the New England Patriots took a loss as well, but Cam Newton did look a little bit better than what he has looked recently. He had an interview last week. I'm gonna try to find that now. I'll make sure I, I kind of throw that in here. But he had an interview last week where he talked about you know the effects of COVID. So I'm going to touch on that. I'm going to touch on how they're still technically in the running for the wild card position. I don't think that there's a chance that they win the AFC East. I, I know Miami technically is still in it. We're 4-0 in the division. Right now, Miami is 1-2. And, and they're, you know, a game behind. So I just don't see it being likely that they really... There is a chance, obviously. If we lose a couple games in a row and they win a few games in a row, it, there's absolutely a chance that they can... Um, overtake us for first place in the AFC East. I just don't see it to be likely, especially with the schedule that we have coming up. I'm going to touch on the second half of the ske- the season now that we're out of the bye week. We're, we're going up this week against the Chargers. It's going to be a good, fun, entertaining game. They have a young rookie quarterback that is lights out. And if the defense was able to do anything, that team, would, would the record would show that they are a lot better than you know what it looks like. That kid can play. Herbert can ball out. He's just, 
you know, he looks really good. To be honest, he looks better than I ever would have thought that he would have. I still thought, I said over the summer, I still think long-term, Tua will end up being the best quarterback out of this draft. But as of right now, it's Herbert, and it's Herbert by a mile. It's not close. But we, we go against them. We should win that game. I'll talk a little bit about that. But following week, then we have the 49ers, a beat-up 49ers. That's not, the whole team isn't, you know, you got Garoppolo out. You got Kittle out. You have so many players on defense out. So we should win that game. The Steelers game is one that I am a little concerned with. We'll touch on that. Mike Tomlin, uh, potential coach of the year candidate. But are they serious? Are they really contenders? We'll see. We'll see. We'll talk about it. So I'll just I'll just get right right into it. This episode, today's episode is called The Rich Get Richer. And the reason why I titled this episode The Rich Get Richer is because it's about time that the Buffalo Bills have the benefit of luxuries. And when I say that, I mean, you know, it seems like people who have money tend to spend less on things. You know, you finally get famous and rich. People give you stuff. You know, you go out to eat. People comp your meal. They pay your meal. They want you to come to their shows, So they give you tickets to their concerts for free. People get backstage. The rich are always getting the benefit of the luxuries so they get richer for a long time at least recent years but it's been long the buffalo bills have not had that luxury we've we've been we've been the meme of squidward like lonely squidward looking out the window at spongebob and patrick celebrating outside that's been us looking at the new england patriots and more recently looking at the kansas city chiefs have success with Patrick Mahomes and looking at all of these teams draft young quarterbacks prior to the year that we drafted Josh Allen. And we're seeing all of these teams with franchise leaders have success. We saw Andrew Luck go to Indiana and we saw the coach not protect him properly. Thus his early retirement because he couldn't stay healthy. But as a Bills fan, it made me upset because why can't we get the guy like that? Why can't we get Andrew Luck? So now, you fast forward to 2020, in the weirdest year that you can possibly imagine for professional sports or just life in general. With COVID-19, this weird year is not fun for anyone. But now, we no longer have to sit quietly in the corner watching other fan bases with their franchise quarterbacks deliver them joy and happiness because now, now we get the benefit. We're first in the division. We get the bye week and things go our way. When's the last time? I, I know we snuck into the playoffs with a 9-7 and seven record because things went our way. But it's different. This feels completely different. And you know it's different because not only are we capitalizing off of other teams' mistakes, but we're also setting ourselves up for conversations that we're normally not a part of, period. Our quarterback is, is firmly in the middle of the MVP conversation. Firmly in the middle. And we have primetime games coming up against the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. We have primetime games coming up against the New England Patriots. 
we have another primetime game with Miami, or it's not primetime, but with if there are any type of playoff implications for it, week 17, I guarantee you that game will be that game will be on everyone's televisions across the country. So Josh Allen has the opportunity to be in front of everybody's eyes who matters towards the end of the season when MVP voting is really done. I know they look at the entire body of work from the entire season, but cases are made and closed in the last quarter of the season. You find out who teams are. You find out what teams are going to be problems in the playoffs. Teams who come together in December, those are the teams that you want to, you know, those are the teams that get hot and go on for the championship. We, everything is lining up for us to be able to figure it out. Our defense is starting to play better. Our bye week was late, so we had the time off and now we're getting healthy. And now we're coming back with a defense that's starting to figure it out, an offense that's firing on all cylinders besides the run game. And now this Sunday coming up against the the Chargers, we will probably see the offensive line that we've been waiting to see since the beginning of the season. Dion, Feliciano, Mitch Morris, although Coach McDermott, made a questionable comment today or yesterday, technically when you're hearing this about Mitch Moore starting or not. He said that the team had some, I don't know. I don't know. I'll play it. We'll, we'll see, you know, but he, he basically mentioned that the team had found some momentum with the line that we had while he was out and they just kind of want to, we'll see. To me, it makes no sense to not have your best and the league's highest paid center starting. But Cody Ford, and then not only Cody Ford, then Daryl Williams, who, by the way, is playing lights out. I mean, I know everybody knew about Daryl Williams' performance in the past, that he played well, and but there were also some injury concerns, and there were some, some concerns about maybe he had lost a step with this or maybe he couldn't do that. I tell you what, he's playing like he, he wants an extension. And not just like a baby extension either. He's not playing for league minimum anymore. (laughs) He's looking for a contract with the way he's played this season. And the Buffalo Bills front office is going to have a tough time making decisions when it comes to when it comes down to are we going to extend Matt Milano? Are we going to extend Daryl Williams? Are we going to franchise tag Josh and then extend Tremaine or like how is how is this going to play out? There's going to be money spent this upcoming offseason. We will not be able to keep everyone. We will not be able to keep everyone. And so it leads me to the question, if you had to pick or if you had to choose, because I think everybody knows it's very evident how much Matt Milano means to this defense. When Matt Milano is on the field, the defense looks a certain way. It's a very, very fast defense. We get to the, you know, he just, he, he, he covers very well. He covers very well. And it seems like anytime there's a play to be made, he's near the ball. He has a knack for that. So you have a guy like Matt Milano who 
has injury concerns, but he clearly, he clearly dominates when he's on the field. The defense looks completely different. He's going to be looking for good money. But is he available enough? One of my high school coaches, when I used to play basketball for City Honors, used to always say, the best, abil- the, the best ability is availability. And I say it all the time. Because I don't care how good you are at something. You can be the best ever at something. But if you're not here, right here, right now, and you can't do that thing that you're the best at, what good is it to me? It's nothing more than public knowledge to know that somebody's good at something. Oh, my God, Matt Milano is probably one of the best cover outside linebackers in the league. Yeah, it's great to say that. I mean it. But it doesn't matter if he's on the sideline while we have A.J. Klein for half the season giving every single member of Bill's Mafia gray hair. Now, last couple games before the bye week, A.J. Klein looks completely different. He looks completely different. He looks, last couple weeks, he looks like a Pro Bowl player. We know that won't last. That's not sustainable. It would be nice, but we know that won't happen. But back to the point, the decision would come down to, for me, if it came down to Daryl Williams or Matt Milano, I'm going Daryl Williams all day. And it's not a, it's not a diss you know, it's not it doesn't take anything away from Matt Milano as a player and who he is and and the value that he brings to our defense. But when you look at the quarterback that we have on our team, Josh Allen takes hits for multiple reasons, but he holds on to the ball, which is not I'm not when I make these statements, I'm not complaining, Bill's Mafia. I'm just I'm just stating facts for a moment. Josh Allen will stand in that pocket and he'll hold on to that ball to the very last second to make sure that his receivers are able to run whatever routes they need to run. Josh Allen will scramble. Josh Allen will call his own number and run the ball. Designed quarterback run. Brian Dayball will give him, will send in a call for him to run. So he's going to take hits. So my concern is because Josh doesn't slide. We all know Josh, you know, he, he did he did the last game that we played in and it was it was glorious. But but let's hope that continues. But I, I, if I if Josh is the guy, I think he is. If he's the quarterback, I know him to be. Josh isn't sliding. And we know that. So what I need is when he's in that when he's behind the line and he's looking for receivers, I need to have guys that I know are on that line who are going to block for him and give him the most time possible so he's not being hit. And this season, Darrell Williams has been doing that with excellence. To be honest, I'm going to vote for him to go to the Pro Bowl. Do I think he's going to make it? No. But he should. The way he's been playing, he absolutely should. He's been outperforming his contract, and he's been the one bright spot. Not the one bright spot, but he's been a bright spot on the offensive line that otherwise we've had complaints about because of Brian Winters and because of just our guard position has struggled. So we've had issues running the ball. But if you can lock down your left tackle and then you have a good a very good right tackle. 
And then we got to figure out what's going on with Mitch Morris. But if you have those pieces, you get you some decent guards. Get you a guard in free agency. Or you, you find somebody in the earlier rounds and get you a good one in the draft. Let's develop a good one. And I'm not, I'm not giving up on Cody Ford yet. I think Cody Ford's a very good football player. The thing about Cody Ford that I am just hesitant on over the offseason, I've said this multiple times, I just don't think he is a right tackle. And I know that's the, the position we drafted him for. I'm not, I'm not saying he can't play right tackle. He can very well play right tackle. Last season, we saw him and Ty Inseki share snaps. And we saw him at some points of the season play well. At other points of the season, we, we saw him struggle. But the area that I would really like to see him in is that guard position. I think as a right guard, I think Cody Ford, and I know we switched him over to the left guard once we had some injuries and you know things were shuffling around. But as a right guard, I just think Cody Ford has all of the intangibles to be elite in that position. And I need to see it because we have two running backs that could be elite. Last season, Devin Singletary was averaging more than four and a, four and a half yards a carry. I think earlier someone told me he was averaging five yards. I, I got to look it up. But Devin Singletary is shifty. He's quick. He's slippery. He's not easy to tackle in open space. And then you have guys like Zach Moss who... If you give him space, he can he can get up enough of that power to run through people. But if you have guys on the defensive line or linebackers who are in the backfield and, and ready to, to tackle the running back before they actually get a chance to, to get the ball from Josh, when Josh is handing the ball off and somebody's already on, on Zach Moss's leg, that's a problem. We got to get this offensive line right. The offense has grown to a place where it's dynamic and it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. We have to protect Josh. We have to get this offensive line right. So if I'm going to if I'm going to make that decision, I would pick Darrell Williams over Matt Milano. Now, I think Brandon Bean is a wizard, and I think Brandon Bean is, you know, he should he should make a he should write a book for all the GMs or the wannabe GMs in the league, the guys that and the ladies who aspire to be GMs should read a book by Brandon Bean. People who are already GMs that have felt miserably at a lot of different things should read a book by Brandon Bean. He is a financial wizard. He does amazing things with contracts. He does amazing things. You know, he gets commitments out of players to come for team-friendly deals where as the first year or the second year, both will be guaranteed. And then the bills can get out of the deal late with no guaranteed money. And time after time, again, we see players sign team friendly deals to play for the Buffalo bills. Since Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean has taken over in the leadership department. So I'm not putting it past the Buffalo bills organization to say that we might be able to retain both. I just don't think it's likely. I don't think it's likely that we're able to keep Matt Milano, Daryl Williams, give Josh his, you know, five year, $200 million extension. Tremaine Edmonds, 
You know, we just paid Trey White. We just paid Trey. Which I still say is a heck of a deal. And we're lucky as hell to have signed that deal. I know we made him the highest paid cornerback at the time that he signed the contract. But when you have the production that Trey White has put out on that, when you have a Trey White caliber player, you do exactly what the Buffalo Bills did. You do not do what the Buffalo Bills did previously with Stephon Gilmore and send him or let him leave in free agency and let him go to New England. You do not do that. You you treat your players right like they did for Tredavious White and you keep them. And I think the Bills are doing that. They draft well and they're developing well and they they want to win with the guys that we draft. So I'm with it. I'm with it. But let, let me switch gears for a moment because also I want to take a look around the AFC East. And I know earlier I talked a little bit about Tua. I talked about him being benched. and um, But, you know, for the foreseeable future, I'm excited about being a fan of the Buffalo Bills because of the division that we play in. First, my team is very good. My quarterback is very good. He looks great. He's defying all the odds. He's doing everything that the national media or the draft analysts and professionals and all of these experts said that he wouldn't be able to do. He's doing them consistently this year. They said he can't throw for 300 yards. He's, he's throwing them out there like Oprah. You get a 300-yard game. You get a 300-yard game yelling at Seattle, yelling at, you know, he's, he's giving them out to everybody. Gave one to the Rams. Gave one to the Jets. You get all these yards. Gave one team 400 yards. He's doing the things that they said he couldn't, and he's throwing over 65% completion. His completion rate is over 65%. And let's not forget, let's not forget that people wanted to make it seem like Josh Allen just had the hottest head and or, or he just wasn't level and he made all bonehead decisions. And he had some plays that you were like, come on, man. Come on. But his turnover to touchdown ratio, come on. Any team would take it. Any team would take it. So my team is good. My quarterback is good, and he's doing things. But you got Tua in Miami. Whether you like Sam Darnold or not out in New York, I feel that I feel bad for him. I don't feel bad for the organization, but I feel bad for Sam Darnold. I was a fan of Sam Darnold when he was in college. I thought that he was very accurate. I thought he was ready. Out of all the guys that was coming out of the draft, Sam Darnold was my first pick, and then I wanted Lamar Jackson. I'm happy that I was wrong on both of those. Now, not that Lamar Jackson wasn't great. He had an MVP season last last year. This year, he doesn't look as good. I'm going to touch on Lamar shortly. But I was wrong. Josh Allen is the best quarterback out of the 2018 draft. He's better than Baker Mayfield. He's absolutely better than Baker Mayfield. Last season, Lamar Jackson got the MVP. This season... He can't, he just, he's not having success. This season, teams figured him out. And until Greg Roman 
add some new wrinkles to the playbook or until Lamar Jackson learns how to throw the ball from the pocket with accuracy and consistency, they're going to continue to figure him out. My only fear for him is that he turns into what we are familiar with from like RG3. I don't I don't want him because I like him. I'm a fan. So I don't want him to be figured out to the point where now he's not serviceable. He had a great year and then it's like, okay, teams figured him out and he doesn't evolve. I would love to see him evolve. But I was talking about Sam Darnold. Sorry. See, I get on these tangents when I don't have guests. Y'all gotta you gotta work with me. But like I said, I'm excited for the division because Josh is good. My team is good. And then you got Tua. And you got Sam Darnold. I feel bad for him because he was a good quarterback coming out of the draft. He looked very good. And every once in a while now, if you watch him, he'll make a throw that will make you say, wow. You know, like you understand why he was drafted so high. You understand. But Adam Gase has done nothing as a head coach when he was in Miami or even now in New Jersey that has made you think that he can do anything to develop a young talent in the quarterback position. And the fact that he's living in the past off of anything that he was able to do with Peyton Manning. And so he's getting contract after contract. I don't know how he still has a job in the NFL. So for the sake of competition and for the sake of my fanhood, I actually like Sam Darnold. If they were a, if they were able to get a coach in there next year and not draft a new quarterback, you don't have to go and draft You don't have to draft anybody. I know everybody wants to tank for Trevor, and they're in a position to do it. But they don't need Trevor. I fully believe that Sam Darnold would do the same thing that Ryan Tannehill did once he was free from Adam Gase. No, Ryan Tannehill isn't tearing up the AFC. He's not throwing for 5,000 yards in a season. But he sure looks a heck of a lot better than he did when he was in Miami. And I guarantee you, if you get somebody, a competent coach, to spend some time with Sam Darnold and get, and get him a, a regimen that will help him learn how they want him to play the position, Sam Darnold will be a good quarterback. And then that brings me back to my point. I'm excited because our division has three young, good quarterbacks. We don't know what New England is going to do. Cam Newton hasn't been playing well. He started the season off playing pretty decent. He had the game against Seattle where, you know, it's like, okay, this might be something if, if, you know, this might be something. But then he got COVID. Things look different. He's not throwing the ball well. His reads aren't there. He's turning the ball over. Last week in an interview, I said I I would play it. So, you know what, I'll play it here now. It's just the fact that I wasn't able to do anything, you know, for that that stint while I was off. And it showed, you know, coming back pretty much dry and knowing that as this offense goes, it evolves. And, you know, just the the, the mastermind behind everything with Josh, you know, his, his mind doesn't necessarily stop. Whether it's a new play, whether it's something that, you know, we we're watching back in 2002, 2000, you know, 11, 12, you know, he has a plethora of plays for certain defenses that he goes to, I mean, that we face, that he goes to. And, you know, it all starts before the snap with with the identifying certain things, identifying and communicating 
with the offensive line, with the receivers, with the running backs, and it's my job to do so. And, you know, coming back from, you know, when I did come back, I just felt behind. And, you know, the production here of late is nothing to blame more or less than me just taking, you know, ownership and responsibility that, you know, I just got to be better. So the thing that is interesting to me about that, and this is not an excuse for Cam, because I don't, I don't believe in excuses. If you're on the field, you're healthy enough to play, you need to perform. But the thing that's interesting to me about it is that the games early in the season, Cam played pretty well. He played decent. Once he got COVID and since he's been back from COVID, he hasn't looked good. This past Sunday, Cam threw again for over 300 yards. He made some pretty good decisions. The team just didn't win. New England is not like earlier when I said, you know, I said, you know, things we get the benefit of those luxuries. New England used to benefit from those things. The close games, those one score games. They get the ball back with two minutes left and they were used to Tom Brady leading them down and scoring the game winning either kick or touchdown. They're used to that. Now. Tom Brady isn't there. You know, Julian Edelman is a shell of himself. He's not the same Julian Edelman. You don't have you don't have Gronkowski out there as a tight end. So the guys that Cam is throwing to do not give him the same level or the same quality of receivers. So you add that to what he just said there about how his it just things were cloudy for him or, th- you know, he just not clear. Listen, it looks like it. It looks like it. So I don't think Cam is the answer in New England. So I do think that New England will start to look elsewhere. I don't know if, you know, I, I haven't started to dig into next offseason outlook yet. I don't know who the big free agents coming up are. I will look. I will look and we'll talk about that. We'll dive into that in the next couple of weeks. But New England, I'm hoping and praying that New England doesn't figure it out for some time. And I'm hoping that Cam Newton goes somewhere else. I hope he goes somewhere like Chicago or um, I can I can probably think of a couple different places that I would prefer for him to go. But Washington, go to Washington. But I would love for Cam to go somewhere that isn't New England. So that way I can root for him freely because you all know I'm a Cam Newton fan. I think Cam is one of the best in the league. He hasn't played like it this year. And, and I understand that people have been critical of him and his leadership. Um, and, and they say that he's a sore loser. I get it. I get it. I feel like everybody's a sore loser. We see Tom Brady last week. Tom Brady was on the sidelines slamming his helmet into the in, into the bench and, and nobody criticized him the same way. You know, so I, I stand up for Cam. Cam's my guy. So, you know, I hope that he goes somewhere where I can root for him. As of right now, I, you know, I, I, I secretly root for him when they're not playing against the Bills. I hated the fact that, you know, I was watching him in a Patriots uniform against the Buffalo Bills. I hated it. I hated it. But you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. But I do want to get back to um, the Lamar Jackson talk for a moment. Lamar Jackson is, he is not playing up to the standards that we saw last year. He doesn't look like the same Lamar Jackson. The offense isn't moving the same way. And quite frankly, like I mentioned, he has to learn how to throw it from the pocket before 
anything is really going to happen positively for them because Greg Roman it's the same Greg Roman who's the offensive coordinator there that was the offensive coordinator here when we had Tyrod that same Greg Roman you're having the same issues that we had with Tyrod we're having those same issues out there now with with Lamar Jackson so the question becomes well is it the quarterback is it really the quarterback or is it the coordinator? Or could it be a combination of the two? When Tyrod was in Buffalo, I know a lot of Bills fans, you know, were very unhappy with the fact that, like, for the first season, he didn't throw over the middle. Then he didn't throw down the field. Then he didn't do – so there were certain things that he didn't do. But when you look at the Ravens, it's the exact same thing out there with Lamar Jackson. He doesn't throw outside the numbers. He had a touchdown toss to Andrews this Sunday where – it was on the outside. And my man, Judge Mathis, hit me on Twitter and he's like, yes, first throw outside the numbers was very nice for the season. He has to get these things down. You have to be a quarterback in this league. I get it. You can be an athlete all you want. You can be as electric as a runner all you want. But in the NFL, if you can't throw that ball, if you can't get that thing around, you're not going to win consistently. Now, they're talented, so they still have a winning record, and they probably, they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to be, they're talented. That's a team with a lot of talent on it. J.K. Dobbins, oh, my God, this rookie. He played so well Sunday. He played so well. And the sad thing is that they're just starting to use him. Of course, Mark Ingram is there, so they wanted to use him more. He has some injuries. But they're starting to use J.K. Dobbins, and I'm telling you, the kid is special. The kid is special. So, I don't know. I'm hoping Lamar can figure this out, man. I'm a fan of it. I'm a fan of his. I would like for the Buffalo Bills to redeem ourselves in the postseason against the teams that we either were inferior to last year, against the quarterbacks that people said was better than Josh Allen, or just against teams I don't like. So, for the Ravens, they fall under the category that they just outplayed us. They beat us. Now, the game was very close when they came to Orchard Park last season. I was there. It was very windy. <laughs> no, that was the Eagles game. But it was cold. I remember that. I was not happy about how cold it was. So they they just beat us. I want to beat them in the playoffs. I want to send them home. Patriots, we already beat them this season, but I would like to beat them again. Sweep it. They're not making the playoffs. Let's send them home. Make sure they're not going. That's how I want to do it. I want to get back to see Kansas City. They came to Buffalo and did us dirty. I want to see them again in the playoffs. Tennessee, I don't think we're going to meet them again because I don't think they're as good as advertised. I know they won with the walk-off touchdown this Sunday, but I don't think they're as real as they are. In Pittsburgh, I think we're going to beat Pittsburgh. So I'm excited. I'm excited. So before I log off here, I do want to I want to end this off by just saying it is okay to believe that your team is good and to love your team and to have higher expectations than normal. So the one part that I, I want to speak on to that, it is really a possibility that the Buffalo Bills has a quarterback 
who can win the MVP award this year. At the moment, he is not leading in the race for MVP. So please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Josh Allen is not in the lead for MVP of the league. However, Josh Allen is in the top five for MVP discussion right now. And the Buffalo Bills have three, possibly five, primetime games to end this season. All eyes are on Josh. All eyes are on Josh. Let's get this thing done. Let's get this thing done. At the beginning of the season, Joe Miller would tell you that my prediction was Buffalo, Seattle, Super Bowl. I'm going to adjust that because I don't think Seattle is going to make it. I think it's going to be Buffalo, Tampa Bay. I think the Buffalo Bills would defeat Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. And I think that every curse against this damn team will be broken (laughs) because Tom Brady is that curse. It will be broken. Let's do this. Go Bills. Y'all know the drill. Love each other. Live in peace and take care of each other. Have a great holiday this week. It's Thanksgiving. Please all do me a favor. I know not everybody, you know, either believes or wants to follow the mask mandate and laws. Listen, I'm not I'm not telling anybody what to do in any political form or anything. All I'm going to say is please be safe. Please take care of yourself and please be considerate of others around you and have a great holiday. Have a great holiday. Go Bills.